Hello everyone, welcome back to the, the Recycle Bin Podcast, back once again. Have we done one this year? I don't remember now, I think we probably might have done. It's been a long time, we did that end of year one and it was awful and God help you if you actually listened to all that, but uh, no, actually well done if you did. Uh, my name is Chris Spann and this week I'm breaking tradition and not just having one of my mates who also happens to do a podcast on the show. I've actually got a person who makes proper games, uh, good games as well, it's John Ribbins from Roll7. Say hello John. Hello, how are you doing? I'm all right, thanks very much. And thank you very much. It's um, very nice of you to say. I tend to think we just make games. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, okay. Well, that that's perfect, actually. Um, for for those who don't know, I mean, I like to think people who listen to this show do have decent taste and who would know who the name Roll Seven are certainly now. Hmm. Um, but but tell the people who you are and what you do. So uh, I'm creative director at Roll Seven, which are a small London-based indie game studio, uh, and we just finished and released Oli Oli which is a quite hard side-scrolling score-attack skateboarding game that's a bit like if Tony Hawk's and Cannibal had a child. Yeah. See, the, the one I've heard is Skate and Hotline Miami, which I actually think is um, a really, really good um, sort of portmanteau of two two games. Considering they're two uh, but... of my favourite games, that feels like I'm almost pitching that, you know, too high. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was the Eurogamer review that, that, that called it that. And initially, because at this point I'd not played it, and I went, uh, uh, no, surely not. <laughs> And then it is that that kind of that excellent curated electronica soundtrack combined with instant restarts, combined with fairly brutal endings for people. <laughs> and um, you will slam on your no, face. Yeah, that's absolutely what it is. Um, so yeah, if you've got a Vita, and well, Oli Oli is another reason why you should be owning a Vita now. Uh, if you've got one, go and get it. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, no excuses. Um, so yeah, welcome back to the Recycle Bin. This is February's episode. Um, I think we did one in January, I don't remember, I'm going to check. It might have been the one we checked Roivers on, um, it probably was. Um, Whoever was on the January one's going to be really upset you forgot them. <laughs> I know, it's, it, this is awful. I say, we did this, that seven hour one, and like, and I, I know some of the guys are just like, I'm not, I can't, I don't know if I can ever record again. I think like the, uh, the guys from Midnight Resistance are just now beginning to start thinking about recording again, because it's a day of your life, man, it really, really injures you. That's quite a chat. Um, it was. I mean, I mean, uh, well, tune in at the end of this year because, in theory, Oli Oli will be included in there because we talked about every, pretty much every single game that came out over 2013. Wow. Um, so, yeah, listen to that and listen to the one that's just been, and then in another 12 months, listen to the one that's going to be coming up. Uh, anyway, welcome to the new segment. There's no fancy. I should explain this to people who don't listen and, and to you, John. There's no fancy jingles on this show. I just babble and okay. then say, "Now it's time for this bit of the show." Um, so, welcome to the news bit of the show. Um, normally, we do good news and bad news. Uh, this week, it's combined good news and bad news, which is good news. Uh, Dungeon Keeper has come out for iOS. Bad news. Dungeon Keeper has come out for iOS. Crippled. <laughs> Absolutely crippled by free-to-play bullshit. Um, that essentially, from what I've seen, makes the game borderline unplayable unless you're prepared to pour money into it. Um, so, actually, I mean, this is a good point. I mean, obviously, people like myself can sit there and 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 make as much noise as we like about this. But I think it's interesting as as somebody who is involved in the making of games rather than a knobhead with a microphone. Um, what? What what do you feel about free to play job? Oh, it's a tricky one. Um, people got to eat. Like it seems like a pretty, um, you know, increasingly everything on on at least on iOS seems to be free with some kind of buy stuff later. 
Mm. Um, yeah. But I'm probably from the old school of people that say, like, if you make a good game, I'm happy to pay some money for that game and play it. Um, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the way. I mean, things like um, uh, Punch Quest on Android is, yeah. is, is an example I always bring up. I mean, I know it's not a great example because, from what I know, they didn't actually make a tremendous amount of money from it. But yeah. essentially, that game is free, um, yeah. and it's so good um, that I quite happily dropped maybe five or six quid on the on the on the in-game currency for it. But that five or six pounds bought me not everything, but bought me. More than I'm ever going to need, probably, or, or everything I need to to enjoy that game in theory forever. I'm um, actually I fell into the category of people that probably ruined that for them because I got it on iOS and really really enjoyed it and didn't actually realise that I could buy stuff for quite a long time. <laughs> I was just like, oh, this is a really cool game. Really glad it's free. Yeah. No. No. When it came out initially, it was really really generous, like way too generous. Like, yeah. um, it almost kind of went. When they first came out, and I was looking at it and going, wow, like every couple of runs you're unlocking something or have the coins to go in and do something. I was kind of going, yeah. wow, this is really, really good of them. And then an update came out later where they just went, yeah, again, hey, um, we we like to eat and pay bills <laughs> and heat our homes. Um, so I, I get that. Um, but then I suppose the other thing when it comes to um, Dungeon Keeper, this isn't this isn't Roll 7 or you know a, a small kind of you know, five, ten man company here. This is well. One can only assume that this is EA being uh, take, taking their turn with Ubisoft to be the big evil. Yeah. Because um, I know the two do essentially rotate the position now. Um, yes. And <laughs> <laughs> um, with with Ubisoft being uh, well, with all the stuff of, the, of of games being Ubisofted, and was it that? What was it that came out recently that looked fantastic, and then it turned out it was Assassin's Creed in. Fancy clothes. Was it a Middle Earth game or a Lord of the Rings thing? Oh, man, um, there was some murmurings or some screenshots, a sort of video that came out, and everyone went, "Oh, that looks really good. Looks a bit like Assassin's Creed." Oh no, wait, that is all just assets from Assassin's Creed. Um, <laughs> and then they went, "Yeah, it is." Um, and then we just made the uh, the main character look different. Um, so yeah, like I, I completely get that. People need to eat, and that's fine. But you know, I'll quite happily pay on on iOS or on on or on the Vita four, five, six quid. And but the weird thing as I'll... well is, like Dungeon Keeper, like I played the crap out of that when it was a PC game, yeah, like, back yeah. in the day, and it kind of felt like that fell into the same category as XCOM. Which I'm like, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm pretty sure that just came out as a premium title on iPad. It was like yes, just pay it, yeah, play but... it. Yeah, and like I mean, you know, you've like, got an audience of people that played and loved XCOM, and they were like, "Oh yeah, cool, I'm fine, I'm down with that. I'll, I'll pay some money to play it on my iPad." I would have done the same yeah. with Dungeon Keeper. I'd happily have paid Fiverr, ten or whatever, to play Dungeon Keeper. I'd, yeah, without uh, yeah, yeah. And it it just it ruins it because I suppose because my thing is always well, you know, as long as I don't feel. I mean, for a good example of this is uh, Bravely Default, the RPG on the uh, 3DS mm-hmm. has. Um, microtransactions within it where you can buy uh, things that essentially allow you to slow down time in the battles. But at no point have I ever felt like they're necessary or you can earn them fairly easily without paying the money. Mm. Um, You've got to go looking in order to buy them. And you know that that just seems far less intrusive and far... It doesn't feel like the game's been designed around siphoning money out of you. Yeah, I think that's the difference, I guess. Like where I'm, where I'm happy with a, um, with making a purchase in a game. Like if you played, um, 
a little name drop. Have you played Kami? It's a puzzle game, like folding paper on iOS. Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry, I was thinking of Tengami, I think. You just bet, you like you rearrange these things and you're trying to make everything the same colour. It's like a flat Rubik's Cube. And their thing was free, okay. and then they released a whole bunch more levels and were like, if you want these, kind of, you know, you gotta pay. Yeah, I think... And it was like, oh, I'm Hoplite, cool with that. Yeah, Hoplite on Android has just done a very similar thing. Hoplite is a... A kind of very, very simple tactical uh, or t- tactical RPG, I suppose, in that you have one little man who's got to get from one end of a map to another, and the game's free. And then, if you want the nightmare mode levels or whatever, it's a couple of quid, and then you get another uh, DLC essentially. Yeah, which um, I'm kind of cool with. It's more when it's like I have to pay in order to either pay in order to win, or it's like you, you reach a point where it's like, well, you're not going to beat this this particular bit unless you give us some yeah. money. That kind of feels like, ugh. Yeah, or, or that you've got to babysit it by constantly clicking on things, you know, tap, tap to get the money out of this, and if you don't, then it doesn't generate any more money, and things yeah. like Simpsons tapped out and stuff like that. It's just, it's hideous, insipid, horrible, nasty, insidious <laughs> game game design and game publishing that makes me feel like there's too much industry in the games industry. You know, there's not enough people who are just spitting out... Hey, we thought this would be a fun game, like you know, like uh, Bullfrog did back in the day when they just mm. went, "Hey, look, we've made a game. It's like all our other Sims, except this time you get to be evil, and it's the first kind of tower defense game sort of thing." And it was yeah. good, and it was fine, and that was people who enjoyed doing that. And now it just feels so cynical for EA to trot this out in the hope that you know that twenty and thirty somethings with a bit of disposable income will will drop money to in. To pretend that they're playing, but I think if you want to play Dungeon Keeper, I'd imagine you can get it off GOG for about a tenner. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> I'm going to do some live research right now and find out. Um, I kind of feel like some know, of those things. They feel like the, um, like you know, when they make a movie out of a video game and it's terrible. Like the yeah. like the Max Payne movie. I was so excited for that because like Max Payne had the best story. Like the game was so yeah. cool, and then the movie came yeah. out and it was like, what on earth have you done to Max Payne? It feels like that yeah. sometimes with these kind of like revampings, especially the Dungeon yeah. Keeper one. It was like, I really liked Dungeon Keeper and you've kind of just fucked it up now. <laughs> yeah. Funnily enough, uh, on my way to work this morning, I remembered the Super Mario movie, specifically Yoshi in that, and uh, <laughs> almost died laughing on the way to work. Um, okay, my Doesn't the, that have uh, Bob was, Hoskins in it? It does have Bob Hoskins in it, and Yoshi is essentially a terrifying raptor-looking thing, So I think yeah, it came yeah, out yeah. about the same time as Jurassic Park when they were popular. Um, good, the recycle bin studio computer, i.e. the laptop I've brought into my bedroom, um, <laughs> is is dying on its arse and is not loading anything for me. Uh, also, uh, it's come out today that EA have done um, what is a, a depressingly standard um, act, uh, in, in certainly in some of the industries I work in, in that if you want to rate the game anything other than five stars, it doesn't take you through to the um, the iOS rating system it actually just it lets you email them instead thus making sure that any reviews or more reviews they do get are five stars which is a little bit naughty <laughs> is there an in-app purchase if you want to give it a four star rating <laughs> yeah that's the way it works if you want to give it yeah if one to four star like five is uh, free get... one is like three pounds and then it kind of works that, in the scale between the two that is precisely it i think that's an amazing uh, idea i'm gonna do that <laughs> oh, there you go. Look out for the next freezer play skating game on the uh, on the Vita to work like that. Um, so yeah, boo EA, boo. You are just learn. Like stop doing these things and just learn for a change. Just actually accept that we're more than happy to pay a few quid for a game up front 
and not have to put up with this tedious bullshit, especially when it's such a good game as Dungeon Keeper that's been out yeah. for years. Everybody loves it, everybody knows what it is, and it's fine. Just leave it alone. You're Surely they're making money out of good old games and people like that anyway, so... I'm actually doing a bit of online research to see about Dungeon Keeper. Okie dokie. If, yeah, if you can find out before me, that would be brilliant, because my PC's absolutely shat itself, so that's good. <laughs> Unfortunately, the entire front page of Google just appears to be EA responds to Dungeon Keeper criticism <laughs> instead of any link to the original Dungeon Keeper. Well, there you go. See, see, you've ruined it. You've ruined it further now, EA. Now you can't <laughs> even buy the... Spoiled <laughs> Google for me. No, that's awful. Right. Anyway... Talking of things that are shit, um, what a brilliant segue. That's the best segue we've ever had normally. The conversation just awkwardly comes to a stop, and I go, good, um, let's carry on quickly. Um, so yes, we are in the recycle bin. For those of you who've not listened before, um, essentially what this is, it's it's Room 101, uh, repurposed for video games. Um, I am a shit Paul Merton, and... Um, in this episode, John is my uh, Johnny Vegas, who I've chosen because he was in my favourite episode of Room 101. Uh, if you've not seen it, it's probably on YouTube. Go and watch it. He tries to put in internet dating, and it's hilarious. Uh, let's go and do that. I'm making so, a note to go uh, and watch it myself afterwards. Oh, you, you absolutely should, especially if you like Johnny Vegas' stand-up, um, which, for those of you who don't know, essentially it's watching a fat man have a breakdown and even when you know that that's what his style is, every single time you see it, about five minutes in, you go, "Oh no, is is this the one where he is 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 this the one where he properly has lost it? Is this the one where he's like genuinely done it?" Uh, somebody was telling me a story the other day that they saw Johnny Vegas once, um, and he performed the entire show from inside a wheelie bin, um, <laughs> uh, and at no point did he reference the fact that he was in the wheelie bin. Um, oh, it was in Ireland, sorry, in Dublin. And every time that they were laughing, he'd, he'd kind of go, "What is this an Irish thing?" Uh, he's a brilliant guy. Yeah, go go and watch that episode because uh, it, it's 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 better than this. Well, I'm, I'm saying that I, I keep being negative about the show, and I forget that one, it's probably awful to listen to, and two, it really like devalues or it makes me sound like I don't I'm I'm not happy with the guests. <laughs> Because I, I realised recently that this show is 50% not me. Like, it's 50% other people. And I spend all my time going, oh, yeah, stupid, bloody rubbish podcast. Uh, it's not. It's really good. And all my guests have been fantastic people so far who are wonderful. Uh, and John is the same. Oh. So, John. Um, I'll be sure number to one, what, <laughs> Please, please do. Uh, let's have an argument. What's your number one pet hate? Um... Oh, no, when I thought about them, I didn't put them in, in, uh, in hate order. Um, oh well, no, that's fine. Just whichever one of you got first is that will do us fine. Okay, so my first, my first pet hate is uh, unskippable cutscenes in any shape or form, but mainly <laughs> at the start of bits where you're going to die over and over and over again, and you have to watch the cutscene over and over again. Yes, the first thing that springs to mind is a lot of RPGs. Yes. With this one, the the ten minutes of dialogue before you approach a boss is wicked, um, but that is a boss, and I am probably going to die a few times doing it. I don't need to see that over and over and over again. And you have that horrible um, realization watching the cutscene as well. You're like, I'm going to die, and I'm going to watch this again, and I'm going <laughs> to die. I think, like, my feeling is like any game where I know the lines and I'm doing the lines along with them before the scene starts mm. again, meant that you should have let me skip it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, although yeah, although sometimes I find what's worse is that kind of middle line, especially with RPGs, where it doesn't let you skip the cutscene, but it lets you skip the, the dialogue. But, so, 
every time if you're if you're stuck on a boss and you've done it nine or ten times, that by the ninth or tenth time, all you hear is ah, sit, loading, 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 boss music again. And then the, oh, music is another good thing is that nobody developers your music is great, and I'm sure you've spent a lot of money on getting good music, but nobody wants to hear the first ten seconds of it. Just have over, yeah. And over and over again. Just let it run. Just just let it run. It's fine. Um, well, that was one thing like that we on Oli Oli that we took, and it was uh, like Super Meat Boy did it as well. And it was just like let the tracks play. Don't restart the track every time you die. I guess you're right. It's kind of almost the same as cutscenes. Having that tune start over and over again is also really just makes you horribly aware how many times you've failed attempting to pass that yeah. of the game. Yeah, precisely. Um, yeah, and again, um, going back, Hotline Miami is another game that does it. You know, uh, 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 straight away. See, these these are games like this. It's a it's a thing that I've only recently noticed. Excuse me. Um, with playing Hotline Miami, in that when a game just lets me go, you've died. Start again. Yeah. Um, I prefer that, and that keeps me that keeps me going because straight away that is like if it takes like again like Meat Super Meat Boy like Hotline Miami like Ali Ali, it takes me two seconds to start again. If I'm if I'm if I'm back playing again before I finish thinking, oh shit, I fucked that up, then you've nailed it. I don't need to see I don't need to see the the clip of the dragon yeah. coming out of the volcano. Again, and he's going. And then beware roaring. of the deadly fireballs, and you're like, I fucking know. He's killed me with them fifteen <laughs> times already. Like, I'm aware of the deadly fireballs. Thanks. Yeah, the the the, the deadly fireballs are very much on my radar <laughs> yeah. at the moment. Um, and if yeah, and if your fucking dodge button worked any better, then mm. uh, I, I wouldn't have to look to look at this anymore. Well, they're like um, you saying as well. Reminded me, like having a button that lets you skip through the stuff as well invariably that button then does something when you get in the game and it's usually like i don't know f- throwing the one grenade you've got left on that save point and you're like yeah i know skip 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 oh fuck i threw the grenade damn it <laughs> yeah use all valuable items yeah actually funnily enough um fifa the new fifa has a bit of an issue with uh it's one of the cutscenes. i can't think which because obviously uh, i don't know how much fifa you play but if if you're playing it with somebody who is cool the way FIFA works is anytime any cutscene comes in, apart from a goal, if you want to rub it in somebody's face, you just batter X. No, 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 don't care, don't care, don't care, don't care. Yeah. But there's there's one which is like the animation of a goalkeeper about to do a uh, when the when the keeper's caught the ball, and you press an X, just going yeah, whatever, whatever. And if you hit X about three times, then your keeper will just kind of dribble it towards whoever is just just kind of really limply palm it off to whoever's standing close to it. <laughs> And the the amount of goals I've seen online from people just going skip skip skip, skip shit no no oh fuck's sake um like that's not good either you know what I mean yeah. like um I don't know I don't know it's it's I'm trying to think of an example here where because I obviously I have to be the uh, I have to be devil's advocate and I'm trying to think of one where it's fine but I genuinely can't because it's just it just never is is it no. like. For some reason, Bayonetta keeps sticking in my head, but I know it's not because in Bayonetta, if anything, in the boss fights, the boss fights actually allow the the boss fights uh, checkpoint with them, so um, you can jump back into a boss fight halfway through, or you know, after you've knocked off its first piece of armor or whatever. That's very nice. Um, I've never played it, but obviously everyone says it's amazing. Yeah, it's a, it's a brilliant. I mean, again, it's that kind of. I'd, I'd put it in there with that kind of Hotline Miami, very twitchy. Uh, funnily enough, actually, I've spent the last um, since Christmas ish going over and over in my head. I can't decide whether DMC 
the you know the Devil May Cry yeah, reboot yeah. that came out last year, or Bayonetta is the better game with the better combat because they're both extremely good titles that are, that are essentially, if I'm honest, basically the same thing. Um, but different protagonists, anyway, same stuff. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, and there's there's be- DMC is simpler in terms of the combat, but it's got a couple of extra little things within it that that. Almost make it as 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 good. I don't know. See, this is the thing. I could do this all day, and that's not. This isn't. Chris interrogates himself over his own opinion. <laughs> this is <laughs> this, this is this is very much about you. This is your time to shine, like the star that you are. Um, cutscenes, cutscenes. There's got to be. There's got to be. See, the weird one for me is that I put this in without actually being able to think of an example, but knowing that it's ruined games for me in the past, which I I, well, I realise is probably not what we're supposed to do. Um, no, no, it's 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 cool. Um, well, one thing I suppose that is interesting, and this is something that I think uh, Laura Rich back in episode two, no, no, three, put in, uh, was uh, no, who was it? It doesn't matter. Um, quick time events within the middle of cutscenes. Yeah. So you can't skip them because you actually have to take an action. Well, uh, as much of an action as you know, pressing X to not die is. Um, you basically mean all of Fahrenheit. <laughs> yeah, and they're the worst ones because you've got to sit there and watch the cutscene again, and go, um, right. Well, I can't just like put the pad down and wander off for a bit because I know what happens in this cutscene. But because at any point the game will suddenly command of me, press triangle, jump, jump, do wiggle in a circle. <laughs> um, oh, actually, now you've mentioned Fahrenheit. That does bring us on to Heavy Rain, which is essentially all unskippable cutscenes. Yeah. Um, but then I am also aware that if I kept it out for that reason, I am the only person in the world who actually liked Heavy Rain. Um, or who certainly who likes Heavy Rain now. Um, and, yeah, because I've got to remember again, if I'm if I'm deleting these things from history... You see, the thing um, is, like, I, I sort of... I, I sort of enjoyed Fahrenheit. Like, it was... Because it was sort, it was a bit different, if you know what I mean. Like I hadn't really seen anything yeah, like yeah. that before. I kind of, yeah. I, I never had a PS3, so I never got Heavy Rain. Um, right. Okay. But by that point, well, I think I was done with it. I think I was okay to avoid that. I think you know, almost like storytelling yeah. could have moved on a bit from that, right? And you can be a bit more interactive while telling a story rather than sort of watching a film and wiggling the joypad at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And and now, in fairness, things like The Last of Us have shown that that is certainly a lot closer to being possible even if we're not maybe necessarily there yet um, Fahrenheit as I remember was fine until the internet came to life, was it the internet or I remember there was some glowing multicoloured thing um, yeah oh yeah, well it all went a bit odd didn't it, it all went a bit surreal yeah apparently it was supposed to be over like 15 chapters or something and then they went oh actually no we'll tell you what we'll just release one game, there we go just whatever done um <laughs> Because David Cage is a, an unusual man. Um, so basically, unskippable cutscenes. The only, the only positive we've got, and this is a positive probably only for me, is that if we didn't have unskippable cutscenes, we wouldn't be able to play uh, Heavy Rain. Um, now, I would miss Heavy Rain, but I'm not sure anybody else would. And I have to remember that in this self-appointed role as 
guardian of gaming culture, as I've realised this basically <laughs> is. Um, I've got to consider other people and not just me. So um, I didn't realise the weight of importance that was on me. I didn't realise it was actually going to be deleted from gaming history. I thought we were just having a chat. Um, oh no! Oh no! It's gone forever. Um, it's actually going to. But I'm fine with that. I hate unskippable cutscenes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yep. Yeah, fuck it. Well done. Uh, well done, John. Unskippable cutscenes gone forever. Shh. Uh, that's why you couldn't think of any, um, because they were already teetering on the edge of existence, and now they've gone completely. Goodbye. It's like a Back to the Future moment. It is. Uh, okay, number two. What's number two, John? Number two. Other is than poo, obviously. Like... Ha, ha, ha. Sorry. <laughs> number two is any enemy that requires more than a few bullets to kill. Right, now this is interesting, because straight away I've just twigged onto something that's going to be my argument against this, but go on. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, so I think like my and like the game that really came to mind with this is um, Gears of War. Yeah, okay. Which is still like it's still one of my favourite games. Like it, it's not particularly clever or anything, but I did sink a huge amount of hours into Gears of War. Mm. But it it seemed like with every sequel they did, you needed more and more bullets to kill stuff. Yeah, and it reached a point where, and I think it was the third one, where there were guys who you just you'd go through like three mags of ammunition on this one dude just to kill him and you started to just think like what's this guy made of like what on earth is going on here <laughs> yeah because most things a bullet will do the job yeah and also like you know there's that it sort of starts to feel like the hitbox doesn't exist it's like i'm shooting me in the face nothing's happening i'm shooting me in the chest nothing's happening like let's try the crotch no nothing this guy basically he digs bullets he loves them just yeah. soaking them up. <laughs> and also they've got that thing that, that they, obviously they exist in a binary state. They have perfectly health, healthy tap dancing towards you in order to put you into your grave and dead and nothing in between. Yeah. Like, like you, yeah, you can sink hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of machine gun bullets into it and they're fine, they're fine, they're fine, they're fine. Now they are dead. Like, yeah. yeah. See, it's interesting. So I assume this also covers any, any, any enemy that requires a few more, more than a few sword hits or... Etc. Etc. And we're not talking about bosses. Yeah. Okay. So, like, bosses are obviously exempt because you know you gotta you gotta have, you couldn't have a boss that you can kill in a few hits. Yeah. Um, actually, that's quite. I'm not so. so go on. Uh, I was going to say that's actually quite good because that potentially makes you exempt from the uh, the thing I thought of my brilliant counter argument. So uh, carry on. Oh, excellent. Well, that's that's wonderful news <laughs> for me. Um, yeah, I don't know, like, because. I don't play too many fantasy games now I think about it. Yeah. Um, I got really into that um, chivalry. Oh, yeah. I to find out the full name. The one that was like the FPS without the S, basically. Yeah. Medieval uh, Warfare. Yeah. It was on PC. It was a, yeah, it was um, a stabbing game. Yeah, that was mainly stabbing and chopping people. But even that, it was like two or three chops and someone was like dead, yeah, basically. That, that's what life is like. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> funnily enough. <laughs> um, and I also got, like, I, I guess the only other one I've played is, uh, well, not the only other one, but the other one that springs to mind is, like, I, I discovered Dark Souls at the em- end of last year. Oh, okay. Um, we can have a chat about that. That is fine. Which was obviously um, an exercise in frustration, but as someone who's made a really hard game, um, <laughs> I feel it would be hypocritical to, to have a go yeah. uh, at it for being hard. But again, like, that's not too bad there are some people that you're like you know seriously is this sword made of rubber what's going on why are you not dead yeah the uh, um, the, the gaping dragon is an example of a boss that has too many hit points um yeah um and actually it's, it's interesting that you brought that up because um 
Dark Souls, well, you know, the standard Dark Souls. I don't need to use the, the usual Dark Souls platitudes about how if you think you're doing something wrong in Dark well, if something's not working in Dark Souls, it's your fault and not the games and, and etc. But yeah, there are a few moments. There's there's a point in Dark Souls about halfway through, I think, where I think you end up, well, certainly I did in my first playthrough, you end up slightly behind the curve in terms of weapons, stats and stuff like that, especially if you don't really, haven't quite twigged as to how the, the upgrade system works yet. And you do start going. Is there? Am I doing something wrong? Because nothing seems to be dying here except me a lot. Um, you know, e- even the little, even the little things that are supposed to be nothing are, are, are battering me here. Um, but then again, sort of Dark Souls does make it very satisfying to you know to backstab or to to, to parry and repost whatever things. Um, but I, <laughs> I'm also aware that this podcast runs dangerously close to just being Dark Souls discussion hour every week. Um, <laughs> there's a lot to hate <laughs> ah but well you see but this is the problem is that quite often what happens is we just end up talking about how good Dark Souls is and not actually discussing whatever it is that somebody's brought up um, I feel I should have prefaced that by saying I do think it's a very good game because there's a lot to hate but I just keep playing it yeah no but I we won't we won't go into a, a big you know we won't do a big Dark Souls thing no it's no it's a common theme no um, so yeah 75 times it took me to beat Gwyn that's all I'm saying um I know that because I've got 75 blue shards that the bloke drops on the uh, the way into fighting him. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> well, what, what are we talking about again? Oh, any enemy that requires more than a few bullet skill. Right, so my... The thing I was going to bring up was Monster Hunter. Um, was my fantastic, amazing counter-argument. Because, uh, obviously, Monster Hunter... That 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 the point of Monster Hunter is you will you will spend half an hour forty five minutes fighting an enemy, but nine times out of ten it's one of the only enemies that you are fighting in that game. Um, and in fairness to Monster Hunter, Monster Hunter does a very good job of h- highlighting to you how the enemy that you are fighting is currently doing in terms of health. So they will start to limp. They will start to, to dribble and to, to struggle in order to fight you. You know, in a similar way to how Sif uh, in Dark Souls does, uh, where he starts to limp and he, he can't quite get those, those attacks out towards the end. You're only demonstrating to me how bad I am at Dark Souls because I don't know who any of the characters you are. I don't know who any of them are. I clearly haven't got very far at all. I haven't been on the wiki. I was like, I don't want to know how big the game is because it'll only depress me. All clearly, right, okay. I'm not very. I'm not as far as I thought I was, what's, despite the number of hours I've put in. What's the last boss you did? Uh, I'm struggling with two gargoyles at the moment. Don't oh. laugh at me. Oh, okay, okay. No, that that's cool. That so you just you're just about to ring the first bell. Um, once you get past those gargoyles, um, I, I can tell you roughly how far in you like in a percentage. No, don't do that. Okay. I'll <laughs> oh, go on then. Why not? It's, Let's have a laugh. Um, it's about fifteen to twenty percent. Okay, I'm never going to finish Dark Souls. <laughs> <laughs> uh, funnily enough, after that, your progress does get a bit faster because that that is your learning curve essentially up to the, the gargoyles. Anyway, um, any enemy that requires more than a few bullets to kill. I'm trying to think, there's got to be, because again, now all that's springing to mind is, what are they called in uh, Bioshock Infinite? The bullet spongy dudes. The, Big daddies. Uh, oh, yeah, in Infinite, Infinite, they were handymen, were they? Oh, possibly. Yeah. I never got to, I I'm sounding like someone that makes games and never plays anyone else's. <laughs> I haven't played Bioshock Infinite, <laughs> and I know that's terrible because everyone says it's incredible. I played the first one, and it's still one of my favourite games of all time. Okay. Now, it's interesting, I, I never got on with Bioshock. I've always found the controls a bit floaty and a bit cack, but there we go. Um, 
Uh, the, because the big daddies are, but then the big daddies are bosses, aren't they? Let's be honest. Um, I guess. I guess to put it the other way, right? I like. Um, I think. Weirdly, my preference seems to be for games that are maybe set more, like especially with shooters, which I guess yeah. is what we're talking about with bullets. Tend to be. I tend to lean towards stuff that's like more in the realms of reality rather than shooting aliens and stuff. I realise I said that. Gears is probably one of my favourites, and Bulletstorm as well. I thought was really awesome. Yeah, yeah. But I like in those games, and like I don't know, um, like other stuff like maybe like Kane and Lynch, or even like I put a ton of time back in the day into like Rainbow Six. Those are games where it's like if I shot someone in the head, they're dead because they're a guy. They're like a dude, mm, yeah, with some body armor and a gun. And if I'm skillful enough to shoot him in the face, then he's gonna die. Yeah, yeah. No, and I think so. On the converse, when you've got some alien that basically looks like a dude in a shiny suit. And it doesn't matter how many times I shoot him with a rocket launcher, he's still coming at me. And it turns into a game that's basically about running backwards. Um, yeah. Like, that drives me nuts. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> and again, I mean, like, as somebody who's more into I mean, like, Vanquish uh, is one of my favourite games. Mm. Um, and in Vanquish, nothing takes too long to kill. There's just a lot of them. Um, but I think, again, that, that snappy kind of... Um, a few bullets to kill, move on. You know, so you, so you 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 run into a room and the room is full of robots or or dudes or whatever, and you look around and immediately you go right, snap, kill, 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 down, you know, fire across, run, dive behind your cover, look out again. Right, there's two guys up there. Up, snap, snap, they're gone. Um, yeah. It is when games are nine times out of ten supposed to be some sort of empowerment fantasy, having something that is just designed it, it it stinks of artificial difficulty doesn't it really when you just kind of like yeah. well this isn't this isn't more fun or more challenging that it takes more am- like ammo to kill this guy it just makes it more just longer that's just it just takes a bit longer to do it and it just means that I'm just sat here probably perfectly safe I've worked out how to make sure that they don't get me, or it just means I've got to duck behind cover for another round of you popping up, firing at me, and then ducking back down again. Yeah, or it's you know I learned to circle strafe, like you know back playing Quake. I'm pretty good at circle strafing now, <laughs> and that's pretty much what I'm going to do for five minutes to make you fall over. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm sure actually that this is going to be one of those. Every so often, somebody brings one of these onto the show where I read it and I go, "Now there's going to be some really, really good answer to this." that I can't think of. Um, and there's going to be people sat at home now going, you fucking idiot, what about... Blah, 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 and I'll get a load of angry tweets. Um, but um, I, I can't think of anything where, in, in, in any game, like I genuinely can't, people are going, people always have a go at me for being too easy uh, on, on people on the show, but I, I genuinely can't think of any enemy in any video game where I've gone, oh good, it's the lad who takes quite a few bullets to kill. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I'll give you a chance. I'll give you another, what, maybe 30 seconds. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, 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 oh, see, now all we've been talking about is bloody Hotline Miami and everybody dies in seconds in that. You can kill people with the door in that. Um, what else? Have but isn't that satisfying? Oh, yeah, no, it's absolutely tremendous. It's, no, you know, stop taking my time off me. Um, hang on, how are you running the show now? This is my podcast. <laughs> How have you done this? This isn't fair. Um, um, oh, for fuck's sake. Um, um, uh, um, if we're not not including bosses... Uh, oh, yeah, go on then. Yeah, you can have that. Fine. Hey. There we go. I'm gonna, I was going to do the countdown jingle, but I, I decided <laughs> against. 
Yeah. No, I, I I genuinely can't think of, of of anything that's made better in that situation. Um. So well done. You're doing tremendously well here. Um, two out of three ain't bad. Two out of three ain't bad. And moving on to number three now. Uh, what is oh, your? Th- well, go on. You've got, you're gonna have. You're probably gonna have a, a better time keeping this one out. I think. Okay. Go but, on. Um, checkpoints. Checkpoints in games. Checkpoints in games. Checkpoints in lieu of a save system. So only being able to save when you can get to a certain point. Yeah, see, actually, it, actually, this is a really interesting conversation because um, I play, again, we're going we're gonna to talk about, we're going to use the D word. I played Dark Souls again. Uh, I, sp- I played a lot of it this year. Now, obviously, the thing about Dark Souls is that game constantly saves as you go. Um, like, every decision you make is actually saved. Um, so, you know, so you can't go back. You can't just go, oh, I'll just try this and see what happens. It's, you know, it's constantly there. Yeah. And I found that it's kind of <clears throat> screwed with my memory of how games works now. In that, now when I play anything else, I just go right, done now, turn off. And then, and I think because I play a lot of <laughs> uh, a, a lot of stuff on my Vita and on my DS, where you just shut the lid or whatever, and it's and it just you know it's it's there until the next time you open it again, and it's fine. Um, so yeah, there's been a couple of times when I've gone back to my PS3 and stuff like that. Um, when I've just gone, oh, I, oh shit. There's bollocks. There's half an hour gone, um, mm. and again because I played quite a lot of roguelikes and stuff like that, where every turn it is just you know, it just does it saves what you played, um, and yeah, checkpointing. The issue with checkpointing is it's either so harsh it's an annoyance. Um, again, where it puts you back to just before that unskippable cutscene. Um, or it's so lenient, it might as well not be there. You know, like again, I think of like in Bioshock, where dying wasn't really a big thing, was it? Because you could just skip straight back to the um, the reanimation am I, pods. Am I am I right in thinking? Because I played it on PC, you could save at any point. You could just hit escape and save. Ah, right. Okay, on the console port, uh, as I remember, death wasn't a big concern because you'd be back two seconds later from the. Um, I like little chamber things. Yeah, could you, could you say that? I can't remember now. It's a long time since I've played it. Oh, um, no, right. I think my favourite for check... Like, so, I guess... You're kind of right. Like, I'm not saying all checkpoints. Obviously, like, smaller stuff, Hotline and Meat Boy and those kind of things, you know, the levels are so short, it doesn't need them anyway, right? It's like, when I beat the level, I'm saved to that point. Yeah, it's it's um, not it's, it's not like you, you, en- yeah, you, you enter into the level to... It, it, it's, it's, an, it's a different way of, of playing a game in that... Dying is expected, as opposed to yeah. to be seen as a point of failure. Yeah, I'm thinking more the kind of stuff where you know um, you end up in those horrible moral decisions where your grand phones to say she's fallen down the stairs, and you're like, "But I don't know where the next checkpoint is." <laughs> I might be I might be half an hour to forty five minutes, grand, because like, <laughs> yeah, there might not be a checkpoint. And I can't, I can't just pause it. Yeah, someone I've, might turn it off. Yeah, I've just, um, I've just unlocked the plus five scope. Um. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or like, or I guess the other one, and um, it's been obviously many years since I played it, but like Resident Evil, when you found the typewriter, oh. and you're like, amazing. I can save, and it's like, no, you haven't got any ribbon. Yeah, you're like, are you kidding me? Yeah, actually, I might for... die trying to find the thing to save the game. Yeah, nowadays that would be uh, an in-app purchase. Um, <laughs> 
It's yeah, and then in in RPGs is always the one that gets me in that. Welcome to our massive. I mean, I, and I sort of get that this is the point of an RPG as well. But you know, uh, welcome to the world. You can save anywhere in the world you like, apart from the really difficult bits in which you can only save in preordained spots, which are about half yeah. an hour between each other. So good luck, yeah. um, especially with RPGs as well, because you go right. I've got, I've got down. I've got down. I've got down. Right. Okay. I've got some stuff. Right. I'll go back to the save point. It's the same distance back to the save point, and you, you know there's no quicker way of getting back. In a lot of RPGs, anyway, with random battles and stuff, you are just at the mercy of the game, and a bloody yeah. and a random number generator in the background going, "Not today!" Ha 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 ha. I love that sword back. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but then again, as as we might have mentioned earlier, uh, the bosses in Bayonetta checkpoint. Which is very nice and means you don't have to, because especially as in in uh, Bayonetta might be very specific, but in Bayonetta the bosses are there are three bosses throughout the game, four bosses throughout the game, and each of them is their own level, really. Um, but so I guess that's kind of fair. Yeah, but it's it's kind of because if it like if it took you right back to the start, it would be annoying. Um, so it, it it does check checkpoints at a few points in there, and because obviously with it being with, with it, it is it's a level on its own, then it will probably take you twenty minutes, half an hour to to beat that boss. But it's not like there's loads of fun jumping and other combat to do. You are just doing those boss patterns over and over again, and then reacting when it changes form and stuff like that. So, I guess like we could also go the other way as well. I don't know if you played uh, Bike Baron. On uh, iOS, which uh, is a little bit like Trials, I guess, but the guy's kind of cuter. Okay, no, I didn't. Go on. So I got that, and I was really enjoying it, and I sort of told other people at the studio, like, oh, we should like we should play this until you can get the furthest. And that game had, like, tons of, like, in... If you imagine, like, a Trials level, but it had checkpoints. So, like, halfway through, if you crashed, you'd just come back halfway through the level. And they did a really nice thing where you could turn the checkpoints off if you wanted to make the game really hard. Okay, yeah. Um... Because having the number of checkpoints they had actually just made it too easy. It was like, oh, well, there's not a challenge here because I just do this one bit and it saves and I do this next bit yeah. and then it saves and I do this next bit and it saves. And it was like, let's play it in hardcore and just turn checkpoints off and be like, you've got to do the whole level in one sitting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, things like uh, the new uh, Bitrip Runner as well. You can On most levels, you can quite happily leap over the, uh, the checkpoints um, if you fancy being a, a, a dude and going through the game uh, and going through the level without it. Um, which is... Which is Pretty clever, and also the, the again another game that that's sprung to mind that, that that checkpoints, and I've never been anything but glad for it is Super Mario World back on the SNES, because um, those checkpoints, and also actually funnily enough, uh, Mario three, no, what's it called, the new Wii U one, Mario three D World, Super Mario three D World, yes, uh, yep. that that's got checkpoints in, and I was never anything but glad to find checkpoints in that, because I don't know if you've played it, but that game is brutal in how difficult it can it. be. I played it once with three other people, but I was quite drunk. Ah, so you probably so, played it the right way, really. Um, yeah, as in just trying to screw everybody else over, and pick yeah. up and throw them into stuff. Yeah, yes. don't don't try and be good at it. Just go after the crown. Um, yeah. But the, the, the Mario World. I mean, a lot has been said about the the difficulty curve and that, and it starts off quite nice and it's quite good fun and it's all kind of playground japes, and then all of a sudden it just it drops the hammer on you and goes not anymore. Um, Suffer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Time to grow up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and especially with the Star World at the end after the, uh, when you've been through spoilers after you've beaten Bowser, there's an extra set of levels. Um, and if it weren't for the checkpoints in them, then I think I would probably have died by now. 
Um, not in the game either, I'm assuming. No, <laughs> yeah, no, no. Genuinely, there there would be a corpse lying in this room now. Um, oh no, that sounds awful. I do have family that would have found me. Um, anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. Um, it's an odd one because I'm coming from this as a as a predominantly console gamer who's just like I love I love checkpoints. So let me carry on from where I was. But then I remember that I've played quite a lot of Skyrim, and it's just like whatever you like, do do what you want. I think it's like, I guess the other thing is maybe we just need to get to a point where AI is smart enough that it gives you checkpoints to give you the difficulty, but you can have a reasonable conversation with your connect or whatever and be like, look, I've got stuff to do. I'm not going to make it to the next one. Just save. (laughs) Yeah, that seems seems very fair, doesn't it? Listen, connect. Um, It it turns out... Yeah, <laughs> I know you're trying to make this tough, but like you know, my bolognese is burning, and I really need to go and sort it out. Yeah, my, girl, my like, girlfriend, my girlfriend's mum's come round, and uh, yeah, it's the last episode of Breaking Bad's about to start, and I need to like turn the Xbox off and like yeah, yeah, help although, me out here. Although it's good, what's going to be scary is then when your Xbox goes, it's on Netflix, fucker. Um, <laughs> Just switch over. You can watch it whenever you like. Um, which actually is something that I still need to do is watch the last series of the Breaking Bad. The Breaking Bad. There you go. That's what it's called now. Um, but then again, um, Mario World. I don't know if you've ever watched and why would you any Mario ROM hack videos? Mario World ROM hack videos. No, no um, I haven't. It's they're, they're sort of interesting to watch. Essentially, obviously, Super Mario World has been had been absolutely torn to pieces now by <laughs> ROM hackers and whatnot, and just been used um, to. A lot of people have made um, levels within the game that can only be completed through. A combination of trial and error, pixel perfect jumping, uh, knowing all the the glitches and exploits and and you know weird little logic flaws of the game, um, and a lot of people play them with save states. Um, and in those in, the, in those states, uh, Kaizo Mario is was uh, is the famous one. K K A I Z O. I'll put a, a link down. I'm, I always point down when I say I'll put a link in the show notes. Like anybody can see, and it makes any difference to anybody. Uh, but yeah, look down now. I mean, God, you might be what you might be listening to this on on your phone or on your iPod where you can't see the. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Uh, go to the website. There's, there'll be stuff there. It'll be good. Um, and people say that, there's... and that's an acceptable way to play that. Yeah, I guess like so. I, I actually I bought one of those. Uh, this is a little while ago, but I bought one of those. I think it's called a a Dingu Digital A A three hundred A thirty or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. One of those little handhelds that can play all the old, um, like all the old SNES games and stuff like that. And obviously they've got save states on them. Hmm. And like that made a lot of old games kind of fun again because it was like, oh great, I can just save now. I don't have to be like, you know. Yeah, play the entire game in one sitting. Yeah, because that that's the thing with, with I I found this as well when when you sit down and you want to play, oh I don't know Streets of Rage or something like that. You're not playing it to beat it again because you did that when you were really what you're actually doing is playing it just to 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 go. Oh look, it's these things I remember. Um, yeah, these colours and shapes and sounds that I recognise. Uh, in my ears and my eyes, this is lovely. Um, it's how I I play I play quite a lot of. Um, is this illegal? I don't know. I play a lot of uh, games on MAME, arcade games. Sorry, the police. Yeah. Um, and again, the, obviously, <laughs> arcade games, when you've got a button that adds a coin, it kind of takes a lot of the... Um, 
what what arcade games are about out of it really if i'm honest you know the fact that you can rattle through uh all of something like armored warriors or uh guardians or night slashers in an hour or half an hour while you're talking to somebody else because every time you die you just press the button the the make it be again button um You've got to balance that against the fact, though, that like, I, at least when I used to play those games, it was like over six weeks off on a summer holiday, and uh, I don't have that kind of time now. Oh, yeah. No. Like, oh, whatever. Yeah, we'll just start from the beginning again. Why not? Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> like, um, I, I'm, I'm, again, to bring it up, I'm probably going to take a week off for uh, Dark Souls 2, and that's a ludicrously long amount of time to spend playing a video game, especially as a man who's on the approach to 30 and is moving house soon and should really be actually packing, but... Dark Souls 2. Um, but yeah, that seems like a ludicrous... you get your priorities right, obviously. <laughs> but that seems like a ludicrous amount of time to spend doing something. And yeah, it's not like when you had six weeks to just go and pour money into House of the Dead. Um, which, yeah. But then... I don't know, I like checkpoints. Because I think without checkpoints, everything becomes too easy. If you can just save when when you like. And also, I'm also thinking about this the other way around. The good thing about checkpoints is it allows lazy or forgetful people. Like, it saves, <laughs> it's, it just saves for them. Oh, well done, you've walked past this. Uh, have a save point. Uh, have a checkpoint. Uh, certainly, I think, in games where you can you can choose to skip them, should you so desire. Uh, Magic is another example, I can think, where you can choose to skip them or forget to turn them on, um, as is more often the case when I play it. Um, so yeah, actually, um, you're right. You're not having checkpoints in because I like them. Basically, is what this <laughs> boils down to. I like them, and I don't think there's an exact need for them to, to go. So uh, checkpoints are staying. Sorry, John. That's all right. Well, you know, two out of three. I'm pretty pleased with that. Two, two out of three is is by is pretty much the average uh, run rate for most people. Um, so so well done. Um, so yeah, that's three things about games that John from Roll Seven hates. However, John has also brought with him one thing that he loves that he wants to just essentially, this is just show and tell at the end. Uh, John's going to talk about something that he likes, and that's going to start now. What, John, what do you like? Oh, I'm really sorry because it's going to be another Dark Souls reference a little bit. But <laughs> Go on. Um, I like not having my hand held in games. Yeah. Like, right. I like it when. Like. Okay, so I'll try not to use Dark Souls, even though I'd thought that I would. Um, <laughs> it's it's all right, believe me. Right, the most of the people who listen to this are, are never going to get bored of Dark Souls chat. So okay, so um, I guess like the 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 other way round would be it's really nice when you play a first person shooter, right? And you do the tutorial, and they go, you know, they always start the same way, and it's like walk over to the door, and you're like, okay, I know what I'm doing mm, here. That's yeah. going to be the left analog stick, and then it's like, hey, look up at this thing, and you look up at the thing with the right analog stick. It's nice in the tutorial when it goes, okay, they understand what they're doing. They've played a game before. They yeah. know that, you know, they know that this is going to do this, this is going to do this, the trigger's going to be aim, the other one's going to be shoot, whatever it is. Hmm. Um, I hate it when it does the other thing, when it, like, it goes, you know, look up at that sign. Okay, and now look left at this sign, and now look down at your feet, and you're like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I'm playing the, f- I'm playing the fifth game in this franchise, right? I clearly bought it because I liked the other four, which all controlled exactly the same way. Yeah. Um, so I quite like it when they don't. And I guess, like, one of the ones that. Um, well, so Dark Souls, right? Like, you kind of pick that up and you're like, okay, there's all this stuff and it doesn't really tell me what on earth is going on and I'm dying a lot. Mm. Like, I remember um, 
oh, I'm going to sound like a right noob. But I remember um, so playing this with a mate of mine when we first got it and um, being like, what's that green shit? Like, I die and we go back and then, like, we wander around and there's this green shit. Like, you probably avoid it. It probably kills you like everything else. <laughs> so for literally about the first three hours we played that game, never picked up the sparkly green stuff. And then one point we picked it up and it was like, oh, uh, get all my stuff back. Okay, now this <laughs> makes way more sense. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the, the cool thing about Dark Souls is um, I always love talking about, like, when I started playing it as well, I was always afraid to ask questions of people and things like that. But it turns out, like, every everybody's done something stupid on their first start on their first playthrough of dark souls something or, or something that makes no sense um it's just always really interesting to find out because like when i first started playing that game i could only play it in like half hour to hour chunks before the fear got too much and i had to put it down again um <laughs> it took me so long to get to the point where you're at now um but then i started to whip through it after that and um um, but yeah, in terms of not getting your hand held, yeah, I mean, Dark Souls is a brilliant example. And again, not just even in terms of the the tutorial as well. Just games where you are allowed to to, to just to to learn by fucking up. Um, yeah. Spelunky is always a, another brilliant example for this. Where quite often in Spelunky, you'll look at a situation and go, "Can I? Yeah, I reckon I probably can. Because if I, oh no, I can't. I'm dead. Um, yeah. And and like, but- it, not go on. I was just, um, I was gonna say that it's nice like so um like Spelunky totally does that. Mm. Um but I've been playing um the beta of uh, Nether as well, which is uh, one of those kind of permadeath uh kind of Daisy clones, I guess. And play okay. quite a bit of Daisy as well. And I quite like it in those games, right? They don't there's not like a thing that goes, Oh, you should be careful of this and make sure you do this and you need to have enough food and so mm. on. You kind of there's something that's really nice about discovering that stuff as you play it. Like you're wandering around and you're like, Oh, I starved to death. I should get some food. And like yeah. you know, Spelunky does it as well, and it's really nice when you're playing those games and they don't hold your hand and tell you exactly what to do. So you end up like making your own rules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Spelunky, like if I see one of those little things that shoots arrows, it's like I will always disable it, even if I don't need to, because later on I'll run away from a spider and I'll jump in front of it and it will kill me. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. And it's kind of nice to make those rule sets. Like I had a thing in um, that game, Nether, and uh, I bumped into this guy like quite early on while I was playing it, just some dude who didn't kill me, which was nice of him, because obviously (laughs) everyone actually just normally stabs you at the first opportunity. Yeah. And I was going around with him, and it was like actually hanging out with someone in a real zombie film, like one of those kind of bearded guys who's been out in the wilderness for ages and has made up his own rules for survival and be like, you know, stay off the streets and like always go down the edges of buildings and like never fire your gun in the street, it attracts the monsters. And it was like, this is so cool that you've discovered all this stuff and made up your own rules for it rather than the game telling you you have to do those things. Yeah. And and actually, again, another good example is games where um, you're kind of free to set your own challenges and your own little goals. Um, yeah. Good, good example. I've been playing a fair amount of Kerbal Space Program recently, which is only uh, an alpha or an early access or whatever that is. Um, but you know, the game starts up and you kind of go, right, well, off you go, work out what to do. And so, like, <laughs> you know, challenge one is just I will make a craft that takes off and lands in a single piece without killing the occupants. Like that's that's number one. And there's no thing that says, hey, why not try doing this? That's just it just go, off you go. And that's level that's step one. And then step two is I am going to create something that goes into orbit. And then step yeah. three is I am going to work out how to get that thing that I've now got trapped in orbit back down. Um <laughs> and step four is I'm going to work out how 
much I can just say, hey, no, that's a, that's an orbiting space station that's totally supposed to be there and it's fine. Um, and I, and I, I'm I, calling it an achievement now, it's done. Yeah, ding, I've won. Um, but, but yeah, get games where they just go, right, well, here's, here's some rules and some, some, some systems. Um, do you like them? Like, I, I don't really care. Um, and yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. Stuff like that is wicked to say. Spelunky is always the, the brilliant example, I think, of, of a game that doesn't hold your hand. When it will just go, have this item. I'm not telling you what it does. Um, that's for you to work out. Um, I appreciate that you've found this because you've, you know, like, you've, you know, like the whole uh, progression in Spelunky, the way to get to hell is that you've got to get the UGI and then use that to find the uh, the black market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and that's never written anywhere in the game. People have worked that out. And you know, if you weren't on the internet, you'd have to sit there and you'd have to work that out yourself. Um, there's nothing explained to you about it. And uh, things like uh, I don't know if you saw recently, but a guy did the world's first uh, solo eggplant run, which is yes, adapt- and he finally got it to the end. Yeah, I mean, like that. That's incredible. Again, that that eggplant. There's nothing. There's no explanation as to as to why that happens, uh, or, or to what that that item will do. Uh, similarly in Dark Souls there's things called uh, vagrants which are enemies that people have got a, a decent understanding of now what causes them but they still don't know for certain in that it seems to be based on if a character that's carrying a lot of humanity and again there's going to be people screaming at me at home now if there's a character that's carrying <laughs> a person who's carrying a lot of humanity or a lot of a certain item dies or carrying a lot of souls uh, then it can create a vagrant in other people's world, worlds where sometimes they're good and sometimes they're bad and they have an awful lot of health and or sometimes they're very weak but they're very dangerous is usually the key thing is that they can one-shot even like a, a, a fairly grizzled player. Um, and still, people haven't quite... You know, there's no definite science as to what causes them or not. And I just think that's wicked. I always feel like it's... Things like that makes you feel like almost like a scientist, like almost like a scientist, in that you've been given this set of rules by the creator, and then just left to to, to fiddle with them and, and see what you can find. Yeah, and that's nice. And yeah. it's like I, there's that element of that being um, like good design, I guess, in some ways. Like, I guess, like in making games, you spend a lot of time going, like, did we make that clear enough to the player? Like, do they know what's going on? Do they understand that they're supposed to do that? Mm, um so i guess like especially with stuff like um spelunky like kind of everything works how you'd expect it to like yeah if something will kill you it will kill everything else like if you can push something into some spikes it will kill it yeah um it doesn't do that thing where you're like oh apparently i'm the only one that dies if i fall on spikes and everything else is invulnerable yeah um because there is all that moment every few runs in spelunky where you just start in a level and unseen some chain reaction will have happened by the time you get down there there's just a crater with (laughs) like when you release the boulder and it's just destroyed everything and there's a really pissed off shopkeeper just running around trying to murder you when you get to the end (laughs) yeah yeah yeah. uh no i i had it the other day in spelunky i can't remember what i did but um all i remember was kind of looking at the situation and thinking yeah i can probably make that jump and then there was, I just remember, I can't even remember what the, the three events were, but there was three events, it was like, huh, 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 and then all fucking hell broke loose. Like, have you ever got to the black market and accidentally upset the shopkeepers? Yeah, yeah oh. I did that probably the first time I went there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's terrifying, especially if it's not something you've done. Like, if a snake, like, one of the spitty snakes finds its way in there, 
uh, and they all go off at once. It's absolutely terrifying. Um, there was another good example I was just thinking of. Actually, I know what you're saying about making things obvious to the player. I suppose it is that, that kind of combination of sometimes almost letting the player think they've discovered that themselves. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, the the idea that you're... Yeah, exactly. So you're you're playing it and you're like, oh, wow, that's what that does. And it's, you know... You kind yeah. of think prob- probably someone in that studio went, we'll let them... Di- we'll make it really obvious at this point and you'll discover that. But... You know, as you as you as a player, it feels like discovery. You're like, oh, I figured that out. I'm really clever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, if you speak to five different people, they've all experienced it at the same point because it is just when the people have been carefully signposted into this thing. Yeah. But but no, it, it's it's still it's what I want from a game. Is if 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 the game just goes, oh well, here's those two items quite close to each other now. Um, just just you know, not not saying you should do anything with them. Just, just, the, <laughs> you know, the, the, that that's an explosive, and that's that's some petrol. Um, uh, like um, Grand Theft Auto, I think always, always does that really well. In that it's it's got. I'm, I'm sure there there are certain parts of that game where the first time you come to a certain area, the weather is designed to be just right. So you know, it's it's it, like the first time in GTA Four, you go into um, Star Junction, I think it's called. Um, it's just as night's falling, so all and everyone I've spoken to has, has had the same experience. So it must be um, just as night's falling at Star Junction, and obviously at the time that looked absolutely incredible, like unbelievably good. Um, yeah. And yeah, you go, wow, how lucky am I that, that that I was here just at that right point to see that? And I mean, GTA Five has loads of those moments, and I think it's why they put the ability for you to take screenshots in. Um, but you'll be cruising up the side of a mountain and all of a sudden you'll just have the second where you look over and go, Jesus, that is an incredible, incredible view. And the fact that it's running on seven, eight-year-old hardware is even more insane. Um, yeah, yeah. I've got to say the best discovery I ever had in GTA, and it was in GTA 4, was um, like the first time I had a proper head-on crash and <laughs> didn't have a seatbelt on and just came out of the front window and that never happened in the in the GTA before that and you were just like, oh, okay, yeah. seatbelts are now a requirement in this yeah. game <laughs> or, or in GTA 5, the first time you jump into a wall and you bounce off it, like, or you face back <laughs> the wall and go, oh right I mean, I'm clearly going to spend about 25 minutes just playing with this now but yeah. um, or then finding out that you could do the little jump and then ragdoll thing and just tackle people to the ground um, but funnily enough, actually, GTA's got all that stuff with the aliens in that I'm still not sure is finished um, or has everything's been found. Um, but there's a whole big set of Easter eggs and mysteries around uh, aliens being in the game, isn't there? Like, if you go right oh, up yeah, the top, yeah, yeah. top of Mount Chiliad and there's a map there, and people have found alien spaceships if you're in certain places at the right time. But again, this is just a load of stuff that's just been dropped into the game and what you watch over the the, the, the October that it came out up till about Christmas. And there was just loads of people just constantly posting YouTube videos going, oh, I found this door, and I don't know what it is. Um, but, like, the rest of the building shut off. Something's going to happen. Yeah, the rest of the building shut off. But, like, like there's a lift that, that, that's been found that you can get into, but it doesn't move, and nobody knows what it does yet. Um, and it could well be that, you know, that that was just content that's been cut or that might be thrown into a DLC in the future. You don't know. But it's there, yeah, yeah. and people, re- people want to know what it is, and people have found a way in. Um and the other one that, that I always think is interesting, and this is kind of off, uh, off, off, sort of off topic to yours, but it's it's something that I've been wanting to talk to you about for, with somebody for ages. So tough luck, it's you. Um, <laughs> did you watch any of uh, Awesome Games Done Quick this year? 
No. Are you aware of what it is? Is it people playing awesome games quickly? It yeah, it's it's a clever title. It's basically it's a speed running. Uh, it's the the speed demo archives twice a year. They do essentially it's it's like a three or four day twenty four hour stream of games being speed speed runned speed run speed run. Um, speed, yeah, in which people donate money to charity as, as they're going, and um, if they make uh, certain pledges and stuff, they'll do different challenges. So they might play through X game, but they'll do it on. Hard, or if they're doing Metal Gear Solid, will you know? If uh, are they going to save Meryl? Are they going to save Otacon? Things like that. Um, But it's so interesting watching people play these games, especially older games. Where, um, just going back to my thing about uh, scientists, almost game scientists, um, where they go, ah, right. Well, you come into this screen, and on this screen, if you face left the entire time, you actually move three pixels faster a second. Um, or <laughs> things like Tom Francis, uh, who made Gunpoint, yeah, was saying the guy's Great speed, game. yeah, Best yeah, punch sound in a game ever. Yes, combined with the the smashing glass through a window down onto the floor, brilliant. Yes, um, but he he said that the the guy speedrunning the game played through it in something like half the time that he can do it, like at best. Um, wow. Because they've just they they they, they you know, play games to the point of breaking them to to they just try systems over and over and over again and go right well this things like in Metroid a proper Super Metroid speedrun the player will constantly be hammering the L and R buttons because it makes Metroid aim up and down quicker and every time she aims uh, makes Metroid Jesus Christ makes Samus aim up and down um, and every time she does it it moves her forward a pixel. Um, but that makes the difference in a speedrun, you know. And it's just it's so interesting to watch these people just tear games apart and, and just play yeah. them. I mean, there's a Mario run when you watch it, and it looks stupid because they're just every single maneuver they make has a purpose and is there for a reason and is you know all leading to something else later on. Um, to the point where you know you can you can complete Morrowind in eight minutes if you know what you're doing. Um, <laughs> Absolutely daft. So yeah, I'm sorry, that's absolutely nothing to do with your thing. Um, I'm, I'm just co-opting it now to talk about a thing that I've been interested in recently. Um, but I mean, again... I think that's, it sort of falls into the same category, right? Of yeah, yeah. Sort of discovering stuff about games that like probably nobody intended, well, in this case, no one intended you to work out, right? In some in some ways, they're, they're almost yeah. like little hacks, yeah, but yeah. Um, they make that a more interesting experience, possibly. Yeah. Have you played any Monster Hunter, out of interest? I haven't. I Google image searched it while we were talking yeah. so that I could maybe sort of sound like I knew what we were talking about. <laughs> no, it's cool. It's it's quite a niche title, but again, Monster Hunter's got a lot of that um, where you just get dropped into an area. and So so basically the way it works is each, each monster is effectively a boss, um, but they have um, their own personalities and their own characters and it's things like for example the Kurapeka which is a giant fire breathing bird and you realise about four or five times that before it does this kind of pouncing manoeuvre it clicks its uh, wings together and the number of times it clicks its wings is the number of pounces it will do before it stops and then you can get a couple of attacks in when it stops Um, and nothing tells you this, you just have to learn by watching what's going on all your items you find you live off the land you know there's there's a very basic tutorial in the game that kind of says look here's your weapons here's how you you create new weapons um mm. but in terms of the, the part of, like half of the game is learning the monsters and kind of you you become 
it's it's sort of part it, it's it's half video game half Attenborough documentary um because you really start to 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 respect and be really interested in the animals because they do behave in different ways and sort sort of some of them you can throw uh throw various different things that makes them that slows them down or upsets them uh and what <laughs> might work really really well in one so for example um one one of the monsters some of the monsters can summon other monsters and you throw dung at them to make them run away again because they don't like the smell um <laughs> But you won't find that Sounds out. Sounds amazing. Oh, it's it's an incredible game. Uh, but you don't find any of that out without doing it. I mean, you can drop a hundred hours into it easily and not even scratch the surface. Um, it's a so big. From what I'm looking at, it looks like sort of Shadow of the Colossus with more colours. Um, yeah, that's probably not a bad kind of t- first touch point. Um, Sounds like obviously there's a lot more depth to the actual. The yeah. Actual, uh, yeah. Combat. But 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 some of the monsters say like we. Um, Fairly recently, I was, I was playing a game of it, and between the four of us that were playing, there was probably three, four hundred hours worth of experience in there. And um, one of the things we were fighting summoned a monster that we'd never seen before, um, and had no idea what to do with it. Uh, and it summarily absolutely trounced us. Um, so you know, three, four hundred hours into a game as a group of people, and you can still be utterly surprised by it and shocked. Um, wow. and, and that's good games, isn't it? Like that. That's that's. That's good. When when three hundred hours into the game, you still go. I don't feel like I've got everything. I don't feel like I'm fully down with it yet. Um, that's perfect. Yeah, I mean, three hundred hours on most stuff, you would be you'd be the man. I think. Yeah, or maybe, maybe three hundred hours is, is an incredible example. But you know what I mean. Within ten hours, you don't go. Yeah, I've got this. Like whatever. Like again, you're saying like like with shooters, it's just like right. I understand. Left stick is moved. Right. Oh, clever FPS gimmick number one is on the left bumper. Clever FPS gimmick <laughs> number two is on the left trigger, um, and I'll just pop my way through the game. Um, it is when you, you know when when twenty thirty hours and you're still going, oh well, shit, I understand that now. Like I finally worked out how that works, or I finally got to that bit that I can see, and I've never been able to work out how to get there. Uh, no, I think that's that's a, a, a wicked thing to love. I, initially, when you said not having my hand held, I was like, I thought this was going to be some sort of story about how you'd lost your. DS or something, and it's like, <laughs> and it, like I don't, I really don't like it when I'm trying to use a joypad and someone is trying to hold one of my hands. It makes it very challenging. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I completely appreciate that. That would be rubbish. Um, cool. Well, um, that's that seems like a good a place as any to, to to round this this up. I mean, they say there's no clever ending. It just sort of stops, really. Um, so yeah. Um, You've been listening to the Recycle Bin podcast. Uh, my name's Chris Spam. My guest has been John Ribbins from uh, from Roll7. Uh, where can people find you and what you do online, if they're interested? Uh, you can mainly find... Well, we're on Facebook uh, as Roll7, or we're Roll underscore 7 on Twitter. And if you want to berate me for my choices of things to remove from video game history, I'm at Flappy Fingers on Twitter. Excellent stuff. Uh, so yeah, my name's Chris Spann, uh, recyclebinpodcast.tumblr.com, at recyclebinpod on the tweets. Uh, CS87, if you want to speak to me, well, I say speak to me, if you want to speak to a picture of my face as opposed to a picture of a bin, uh, hopefully by the time this goes up, um, we should have the new imaging done. Thanks very much to Will Templeton for doing that, who is at Willith on the tweets. Uh, he's an awesome guy who I actually need to buy. Uh, doesn't matter. Um... Yeah, what you buy him? Yeah, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna purchase him. Um, what what are you still listening to this for? It's gone. It's finished. Uh, go away. Bye. 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 Bye.
Lovely. And stop. 